At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting you ready for all of Sunday's betting action, this is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin Sunday Bet Prep presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. He is the king of New York, the one and only Will Hill. You follow him on X as I do it. Not the Will Hill, but Will, you told me. You told me a long time ago, but sometimes you, you hear things and you want to block them out that you're not in New York City. You just know New York City and New York sports better than most. But you're in the you're in the burbs. You're like you're in Connecticut, right? Is Connecticut even a real state? Uh, Connecticut is a real state. Uh, last I checked, it was a real state. But sure? Yeah, I think because I was I had the New York podcast a couple years ago. Yeah, I think that's where the confusion came in. So <laughs> look, you're you're easily confused. We know this. But easily. Easily confused, Will. We got a lot of people here at Circus Sportsbook. Clean obviously. shaven, too. Yeah. I don't even recognize this guy. I went back to the baby face from mom. She likes it. She won't like it in about two weeks when I look like you uh, when my beard comes back in. Uh, good atmosphere here, as it always is on a Saturday right now. Uh, Will, we've got UFC Mexico going on. Uh, really, obviously, this is what the UFC does when they go to different uh, countries all around the world. You're going to get a lot of uh, flavor on those cards. A lot of uh, Mexican fighters on here. We'll get to the main card later on, but it's so far so good. A great start to UFC Mexico. Also, the PGA Tour with their event down in Mexico as well going on. So Mexico, like kind of the sports capital of the world, at least for the weekend, uh, that's going on as well. And maybe some no names, if you will, on the PGA Tour trying to break through. So we'll get to all that. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to join us at the beginning of hour number two to talk all things NBA and then a real treat as well. We're going to have Ryan Hollins, a former baller himself, uh, join the program here and uh, get his breakdown in the second half of the NBA season. But I do want to start, since this is our first show, of many to come here on Sunday Bet Prep. Going to have a lot of fun over the course of the next uh, several months. But you and I are both, I'd say we're active on social media. Is that fair assessment? That we, we like the banner back and forth on social? Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, and so we're going to do a segment that we're going to start tonight. And as it goes, it'll grow. And you can get at us as well with the hashtag, defend your tweet. 
So what we're going to do is our producer, our steam producer, Dan Moneyline Miller, is going to pull a tweet, an X, whatever the kids want to call it these days, from you and I, unbeknownst to us. We will not know what said tweet is, and then we will have to defend that tweet. Whether you say something outlandish about the Yankees, I say something outlandish about Dak Prescott, whatever it might be that we put out there into the ether, it's up to our fine producer to pull it, and then we got to defend it. Are you fair game for that? I already agreed to it. So even if I'm not, I think it's too late to go back. So I'm already in. I committed. You threw out the idea um, and, and we're in. So whether I like it or not, whether I'm vehemently against it or not, I'm in. So, I mean, there's nothing. Once, once you get on that roller coaster, once you get on the ride and they strap you in, there's no getting off. So let's do it. We're, we're all locked in. So, again, you can use the hashtag Sunday Bet Prep to get at us at not the Will Hill, at DRaw Sports, at Dan Moneyline Miller. And, again, use that hashtag for defend your tweet as we'll have that before the end of the show. What are your uh, impressions so far? College basketball kind of ruling the early day today. Will, what's uh, pretty much uh, captivated your attention so far in this Saturday? Yeah, big win by Houston. Uh, it's a team I've been a little skeptical of. I remember that game against Villanova in the Elite Eight two years ago. I think my eyes are still recovering from that. It was like 50 <laughs> to 44. Last year, they got absolutely punked by Miami in the Sweet 16. And I just feel like they're, uh, they're a little bit of a, a numbers darling. You know, Ken Palm likes them at number one. Ken Palm this, Ken Palm that. I just, I, I never quite bought in. They're starting to turn me a little bit. Like, life on the line, I think I'd still pick UConn to win the title. I, I would. But that was a gutty win in Baylor. Baylor's a good team. That's a tough place to win. And to win the way they did, where they had a huge lead the whole game, they blew it. They got a three waved off at the end, and they had to go to overtime. Usually that's a spot. That's just – that's a team – that's a game where the road team loses. They're up the whole game, goes to overtime, all that momentum for whatever it's worth. Uh, I've been impressed by them. So they're starting to turn me a little bit. Again, I got to see it in the tournament. Worry about them with the free throws a little bit. But uh, big win by Houston. Alabama played some of the worst defense I've ever oh seen God. in my life. Imagine scoring 95 points and you lose by what? They lose by 30. They were down by 37 at one point. Yeah, they they, Just, they uh, scored 95 and they lose 117 to 95. And, and you went right to where my biggest takeaway was from the uh, early day today. And look, a lot of people here in the network like Kentucky. You could have got it at a, at a pick. It grew up to two, two and a half. They easily covered yep. that number uh, with a huge run to end the first half. I think they had 58 at halftime and then 117 yep. for the game to get that 117-95 win. I talk about blue bloods all the time, Will. Like the traditional blue bloods are Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, and Kansas. If we want to throw UConn in now as a traditional blue blood, I think we can. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, they they count as a fifth blue blood. Is that fair? I think so. I mean, they rack up all these titles. They've had some down years, but I think they've won enough titles where, yeah, I I would count them. But, yeah, go ahead. Continue your point. Well, my, my thought process is you can get one of those original blue bloods, if you will. The longest shot I think I saw on the board was Carolina at 18 to 1. You can get Kentucky uh, before today's day. day. It's going to get shortened a little bit. It was 28 to 1 to cut down the nets. Do we take any of those teams seriously? Duke loses today at Wake Forest. Do we take them seriously to win a national championship, not just make noise in the NCAA tournament? Kentucky has the talent to do it. I mean, I was talking with humans last night. They've got six or seven guys that are going to play in the NBA. I mean, that's enough of a, a talent base to uh, to cut down the nets. I don't know. I mean, we go through this, and again, it's for the sake of the segment, you want to pick a team. Uh, Kentucky, if you're going to tell me, hey, they can make a run, I certainly buy it. I also wouldn't be surprised if they're knocked out by dinner time on that first Thursday. They just have <laughs> these high highs and these low lows. Them in Arizona, where I just... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by anything they did. I wouldn't be surprised if they're out in the first few hours. I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing for the title on that Monday night. 
Uh, that being said, though, we go through this with, with football where the Chiefs before the season are six to one. The night before the playoffs are ten to one. If you did a money right money line rollover, mm. and it's not always easily executed by people, uh, I think he got up to twenty to one because they were like minus one eighty against the Dolphins, plus one thirty against the Bills, plus one eighty against the Ravens, plus one ten or so, plus one twenty uh, against the 49ers. Those start to roll over and add up quickly. I know people don't always execute that properly. But for the sake of conversation, uh, I will say Kentucky, just because they have so much, so much NBA talent. I do feel like Duke is flying under the radar a little bit, which is a weird thing to say about Duke. And we're going to have to hear a week, two weeks of this discourse of uh, rushing the court. And, you know, should that be banned? Should it not? I mean, I, there's both there's sides to it both ways. I, I certainly understand the concerns. But Duke, maybe because Coach K's not there anymore, they are flying a little bit under the radar. But uh, I like Kentucky. Is there a team right now, if I gave you a $100 free bet, who would you put it on? Uh, you know, it's interesting because, again, before the action today against Alabama, they are 28 to 1. After that thwarting today of Bama, they're 22 to 1. How about this, though, Will? Carolina wins at Virginia in a game, you just forget it if you watched it offensively Oof. from the Virginia side. Not pretty. Carolina easily covers the two and a half. Uh, they're 18 to 1. That number doesn't move. And then Duke, with their loss, they dropped to the Kentucky number earlier this morning at 28 to 1. I think if you made me out of those blue bloods in Kansas, by the way, uh, still 20 to 1 with their win today against Texas. If you made me play, I just don't think Kansas's bench is long enough to really make an extended run uh, to win a national championship. Maybe they can make an Elite Eight Final Four type thing, but to win it all, it's just not deep enough. I do look at Kentucky, and clearly, as you mentioned, the talent is there. Out of those four blue bloods traditionally, at that number, I think I'd, I'd play Kentucky at uh, 22 to one to be my long shot blue blood to win it all. I'm with you. I think we're at the point where we're close enough to the tournament, and uh, three weeks from Sunday is the tournament. It does start a little later. Three weeks from Sunday is the selection. It does start a little later. St. Patrick's Day is when the selection committee usually that the St. Patrick's Day we're already into like the first or second round, so it is a little later. I'm at the point though where I'm close enough to the tournament where. I kind of want to see the draw. I want to see the bracket. I want to see if somebody has a soft region. I want to see the matchups. Mm. Unless I'm getting a number that I just can't resist, uh, I am a guy that prefers to see the bracket. Again, I've played some futures along the way. I'm not opposed to that. But I do think you're close enough. You're one of these guys that likes to see the bracket. You're close enough where, hey, I can wait and see who my opponent is, see if maybe a money line rollover is the better way to go and just approach it that way. So. Three weeks away, we're getting there. You know, you mentioned the Houston Cougars. Their number did change today after that overtime victory at Baylor. That number dips to plus 750. I believe it was about 9-1 yeah. to one before the day today. And that's where Purdue is. They're still at plus 750. So there's only three teams now in quote-unquote single digits. That's UConn with their win over Villanova. They are 5-1. to one. Houston and Purdue at plus 750. And then Tennessee uh, with an easy victory today against uh, Texas A&M. They're at 13 to one and then comes Arizona at 14 to one. Is it really, if I gave you the option of UConn, Houston and Purdue or the field, which way would you go? Ooh, so you're throwing Houston in there because Circa did have the prop UConn and Purdue. They did. The field, the field is the play there. I'm I think, giving you I three number Purdue. ones, Will. Three now number one seeds. Houston two. I'd probably go with those three. The Houston part makes it tricky. I would go with the field if you didn't include Houston. The fact that I got two out of the three it's very close. I, I would take the, the number one seeds. I'd take the three ones. And those are, I don't want to say that they're locks at this stage of February, but they do feel like there's nothing assured as a lock. You get big injury and then fall earlier in conference tournament. Committee could reevaluate. We've seen that happen before. Go way back to Kenya Martin back in the Cincinnati Bearcats days when they were number one uh, for all year. He gets hurt and it changes everything. But barring something like a Zach Eady injury, God forbid, these are three of the four ones, correct? 
I would think so. Yeah. I mean, UConn's in the position where they're like even a loss, two loss. I mean, they might need three losses to get bumped out of the one. And think about going forward. If UConn's in the East Regional, the uh, the first two rounds are in Brooklyn. The Sweet 16 and Elite Eight are in Boston. So they're going to have a very nice home court. I mean, that's a couple hundred miles away from campus. Uh, UConn's already the best team we think, or most of us think. If you're going to give them a little subtle home court edge too, that uh, they might be tough to beat. They might be tough to keep out of the Final Four, plus 130, plus 120, whatever they are, to make the Final Four. I don't think that's a bad bet either. You know what's so weird is because we're talking about the chalk. We're talking about the three number one seeds that we believe are, are locks for, for the three, and then we'll, you'll fight it out between the Tennessees, the Arizonas, North Carolinas of the world potentially for that fourth number one. But last year we saw, and remember UConn was a four seed. They cut down the nets, right? FAU gets to the final four. We saw all these higher seeds, if you will, make these deep runs in the NCAA tournament, which kind of goes against our number one seed theory here. I just wonder, was last year an outlier or are we going to see more of that in years to come? It's, it might not be an outlier. We might see more of that. I feel like the talent's just more spread. I mean, when we were younger, you know, these guys would stay in college two, three years. We'd see other classes develop. Not the case anymore. Yeah. The, the days of Ralph Sampson staying for, what, four years at UVA? Oh, Tim Duncan. Yeah. We're just I'm not going to see that anymore. All right. When we come back, you ready to talk some NFL draft? We're going to do it when we come back here next on Sunday Bet Prep. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. We roll on Sunday Bet Prep. Dave Ross, Will Hill coming at you from Connecticut and Nevada, respectively. And, Will, you were kind enough to join me on Bet on Chicago, a show that I host weekly for the great city of Chicago. I spent eight years there. And we talk a lot about the NFL draft. And the reason why, obviously, this year for the Bears is. They are officially on the clock. And I've said this, and I'm sure you've heard me say it. If you're Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, and that front office for the Bears, like it's never going to look better than it is right now. It will never have the better opportunity to change your franchise's fortunes 
And and I'm not saying that that means you absolutely have to draft Caleb Williams. We're going to talk about that and their options. But whatever they decide to do, it has to be the right thing. And it feels like from kind of a job uh, security perspective, the safest way to go is to draft Caleb Williams. The only downside to that would be what happened in Carolina, where we saw a rift between Frank Reich and the owner, the, the coach at the time, wanted to draft C.J. Stroud. The owner wanted to get Bryce Young. The owner wins, and then the coach gets fired. I'm not saying something like that could happen in Chicago if, if they have a, a differing of opinion, but isn't it paramount that at least they're on the same page? Because we just saw how decidedly opposite they were in Carolina. I think so, but I, I do think the decision starts with who do we draft? I think that has to be a given. I think just for the fact that when, and look, it's not A or B, it's not Justin Fields or Caleb Williams, but to me, it does have to be one of these rookies because it's just, it's a numbers game, younger, cheaper, where Fields, you're going to have to pay at some point. Uh, we've already seen the sample size where, okay, he's shown flashes, but after three years, you kind of know what you got and what you got is okay. I I mean, look, the standard right now in the league is beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Putting Justin Fields under center and beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just doesn't seem likely to me. So the best thing you can have to me in the NFL is a really good defense and a quarterback on a rookie deal. They have the chance to do that. Now it's who? Who's the quarterback? We all assume it's Caleb. Uh, you never want to assume because you never know these people's opinions. I mean, we see surprises in the draft all the time. He, he's a favorite. He's a large favorite. Large favorite for a reason. So my guess is that's who it's going to be. But to me, I go younger, I go cheaper, and I draft a rookie. And if you wanted to get cute and you like Jaden Daniels better, if you like Drake May better, if Caleb Williams gets in your room and he turns you off with his personality, if you don't like his film, boy, you could get a hell of a lot in, in return for that pick. You could get your quarterback that you like and get even more draft picks on top of the draft picks you already have. But I think at the end of the day, as much as we're talking about it, I do think it'll be Caleb Williams. And Fields probably moving on to, I don't know, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, get a second-round pick back, which is a valuable pick. It's a really valuable pick. Uh, a pick they uh what was it claypool was the trade they they traded a second for a, a second. couple years ago which was a disaster absolute disaster but i don't know do you disagree do you think this is caleb williams and trading fields well that's that's the thing i think it's going to be exactly that scenario that they'll end up going caleb williams number one overall trade justin fields if you can get a, a second round pick for him uh all the better to your point and that was exactly what they gave up to get chase claypool think about that so second round picks i mean Boy, oh boy, boy, that looks like a, just a, one of the worst deals that Ryan Poles could do as a new GM back in the day to do that Chase Claypool uh, move. The only thing that I would say is, and this is just kind of from a historical connotation, is, you know, in my D.C. days with Mike Shanahan, they traded up to number two with the Rams. They, the, the Then Redskins went way up to two, not one. And they basically gave up three number ones to get to the second spot to get Robert Griffin yep. the third that year. That was the Andrew Luck draft when everybody knew that he was going one to the Colts. And I'm just thinking, if you were able to do that deal, then that doesn't mean that the you know, Bears have to do the same asking price or the, the commanders now, who are ironically in that position at two, and they have Cliff Kingsbury as their OC. To me, connecting dots, you would think you hire Cliff Kingsbury with the thought process that you'd want to go get, go get the guy that you just coached at SC last year. And that's who Cliff Kingsbury had on the staff, obviously, with Caleb Williams. Now, if the Bears, like to me, that's what I weigh, right? If, if Caleb Williams, if we're not 1,000% sold on, if you are completely sold like the Colts were on Andrew Luck, then there's no offer you can make me. If, if Will Hill, you call me as another GM, and I'm like, this guy's going to win me Super Bowls, then there's no deal. right? You couldn't eat well, four number ones. What would it matter if you really believe this is the guy that's going to bring you to the promised land? But if you're not there yet, and I don't know that they are, 
what would the asking price be? Because to me, that's where the conversation is to start with three number ones, a swapping of ones and two more number ones down the road. At that point, is it worth it to you to move off of Williams at one and then look to the Drake Mays, look to the Jaden Daniels or gasp, hold on to Justin Fields and use all that draft capital to build around him? I'm not doing that. I'm going to have to pay him soon. I don't want to pay him soon. So that's just, to me, it's the money. And I just, I don't think he's that good. I think he's okay. I think, you know, if you asked me mid-year, I said, you know what? He's probably a backup. He played well. He played well enough in the second half. If we're having this conversation in October, we're not having this conversation because it's, you know what? He wasn't playing well enough to warn it. They were awful. He was bad. He played well enough for at least makes you, you know, Think for a second, but to me, I'm going younger. I'm taking one of the quarterbacks, and I'm identifying my guy. I think at the end of the day, it's Caleb. Um, the question now, who who do people like better, Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels? Right. But, you know, it, it's uh, dealer's choice. People have gone back and forth. I uh, think people are a little bit jaded by May just because of the uniform. People say, oh, Trubisky was a bust. Mm-hmm. Howell's been okay. He hasn't been great, which I don't think is fair. I think it's a natural thing that happens where you see a North Carolina quarterback at the top of the draft, and you just you naturally make that comparison. It's a dangerous thing to do. No Texas Tech quarterbacks were good, and then Patrick Mahomes came along. So you never know. Uh, Ohio State's have been one of these teams where their quarterbacks don't translate well to the NFL. I, I think there's a little bias setting in, but uh, I think at the end of the day, it's Caleb and you trade fields what, what you're you know you got a, a feel for the uh for the chicago fan for that mm-hmm. chicago organization do you think at the end of the day it's trade fields in, in draft caleb i do and i think the that's the that was the unpopular sentiment about two months ago now it's the popular right it's flipped i think even the the, the big justin fields backers and, and look they wanted that to work out who doesn't want that to work out for your rookie quarterback third year now out of Ohio State and everybody loves him in the city and you know he, he's he's a big guy he makes plays with his legs and then they kind of go all right well we've seen it it's good it's probably not good enough so why would we stay with that give him a second contract it doesn't make a lot of sense the odds back you up Caleb Williams is minus a thousand to be the number one pick overall it doesn't say by the Bears just to be the number one pick by whomever that would be Drake May would be the second option there and then Marvin Harrison the third Right now, these are to be the number one pick. Drake May would be plus $6. Marvin Harrison uh, Jr., rather, would be 12-1 to 1 to be the first overall pick. You mentioned where it really gets interesting is the number two pick, which the commanders currently have. So if Williams goes one to the Bears, then it's you feel like it's the Drake May, Jaden Daniels discussion. Drake May is minus $1.40. Daniels is plus 120 I do think you're you're right. Sam Howell's in the room, right? He's, he's there. If you draft Drake May in D.C., why not just go sign Mitchell Trubisky and get them all, get all the Tar Heels <laughs> in the same QB room? Wouldn't that be a little awkward, though, if you had Drake May and Sam Howell in the same QB room? Uh, I guess. I mean, there would be a market for Howell. Howell's decent enough. I feel like he's overqualified to be a backup. He probably wouldn't want him as your starter. He's sort of that in-between where great backup, bad starter. That'd be interesting if they do pick a quarterback, which I'm sure they will. Does Howell get another shot somewhere? Because mm. um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would want to start him at quarterback, but he's better than a lot of the guys we saw this year. Who knows how much of that was the offensive line just not protecting him? He's got some ability, um, but but yeah, maybe maybe you break that up and maybe you trade Howell. I mean, hell, we we saw this year. You need a backup quarterback. It, it, it's not bad to have insurance, but yeah, your point is a good one that the. Uh, the little re- reuniting of the, the Carolina quarterbacks would be an interesting subplot. Would it keep me away from picking the guy I like? If I like May, I'm going to take May, and you know what? They'll get over it. Maybe they like each other. Maybe you know whatever happens happens. But I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion. May or Daniels, 
you could talk me into either one. You really could. I don't know. Do you, do you have a feeling one way or another where, which way you'd go if you're Washington? I don't. I will tell you this. There is a growing contingent in D.C. With, with some of the people I still know and trust in that market that Jaden Daniels is kind of that fast riser that people yeah. are starting to fall in love with. And look, that's going to happen every draft class. We see it each and every year. I don't know that it'd be a knock on Drake May if they went with Daniels overall. But I, what I do wonder is it feels like and we'll find out where Marvin Harrison plays into this as well. But it does feel like if you're – let's just say it goes to the way we think it's going to go right now, which is Caleb on to Chicago and D.C. takes quarterback of their choice. But we believe – we'll just say Drake May for the sake of this conversation. Sure. Now what do the Patriots do? Because do the Patriots go quarterback here? You know, Mac Jones, look, they, they you get rid of Belichick, but the new coach is, was there with Belichick. So it's not like he's coming into this new. He knows all the same things that Belichick and everybody else knew about Mac Jones. Do you try to move him? And what is the capital going to look like there for a guy you spent a first-round pick on? Uh, does the UFL need a quarterback? Are there any teams in the UFL you could trade him to? Man. He's not He's not starting in the NFL next year. Here's the question. Do you reach on a quarterback? Let's just say, hey, we all know they need a quarterback. Do you take a quarterback just because you need one? Or you just say, you know what? We're just going to get the best player. We're going to build our team. We'll find our quarterback eventually. You end up reaching for a lot of these quarterbacks. Go back to the 2021 draft. All those good position players, Micah Parsons, Jalen Watt, you just go down the line, that team, that class is loaded, except for the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks stink. You know, Wilson going second, Lance going third, Fields up there. That's a, a bad quarterback. So sometimes you reach for a quarterback. Hey, we need a quarterback, so you overdraft one. Meanwhile, good players go off the board to other teams. It's a fascinating conversation. It really is, and I think it's a great example that you brought up because look at Trey Lance. He got dumped for what? The Cowboys gave up a fourth-round pick, I believe, to get him out of San Francisco. So they just basically were giving him away. So you're talking about top three picks picks in the draft that just like are now being wasted out there in the ether when you have really good skill players still out there all right we'll do some nfl talk later on in the program but when we come back more college hoops and maybe even a little golf down south of the border that's next here on sunday bet prep this is sunday bet prep on vsin the sports betting network If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every single game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Back alongside another pro. Will Hill. I am Dave Ross. This is Sunday Bet Prep as we continue. Mentioned, of course, big card going on tonight, UFC Mexico. Also, we've got the PGA Tour down in Mexico for their big event this week. Now, I say big event. It's not a big event uh, to the Blue Bloods on the PGA Tour. Most have skipped out. Tony Finau is there as the defending champion. Don't know that he's going to be able to get back in the winner's circle again because of a guy that I got to be honest with you. Jake Knapp, like to quote, you know, Conor McGregor, who the blank is this guy? He's running away with this thing, Will. And right now, Jake Knapp will sleep on a four-shot lead over uh, Sammy Valimaka. And Valimaki, rather, is 1,500. These are not household names necessarily in the PGA Tour. 1,900 for Jake Knapp. Uh, Valley Maki is 15 under Ben Silverman at 12 under Henrik Norlander. Shameless plug. I have a 375 to one ticket on Henrik Norlander. 
He's not going to get there, and he's T3. How many times on the tour do you go T3 going into Sunday, 375 to 1, sign me up? It's a dead ticket, and he's T3. I mean, like, I feel good about, like, ah, you know, found some value in a real live long shot, and yet there's no way this thing's going to be home. Or does Jake Knapp not sleep well tonight in Mexico? Maybe uh, something's in the water. And then all of a sudden, I got, if I can just get Jake Knapp to have a really bad Sunday, Will, do I have any shot of making up seven shots and cashing that 375 to one? Oh, it's golf. There's always a chance. That's the old, <laughs> the old saying. You never rip up a golf ticket. What do we have for live odds here? Okay, we look at the live numbers here. Jake Knapp, by the way, if you want to get into the yes-no markets, they are out there right now. If you want to back Jake Knapp to win, remember, he's got a four-shot lead, but he's got basically a four-shot lead over one guy, Valley Maki, and then he's got a seven-shot lead over the rest of the field. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive lead. He's minus $4 to get it home. You ready for this to finish top five? He's minus 6000 Now, what's funny about that is if he doesn't win, he could implode, and then your top five, boy, if you could get the other side of that, that's that's where actually where you make the bet, right? Is you go, look at the top 20. <laughs> top right. 10, you got to lay 16 to 1 and top 20. I mean, it, I don't think he could far that fall, uh, fall far down. But, you know, you've never won before. You're a rookie on tour. I'm, I'm goofing on him because, you know, he's not a well-known name to outside of uh, the diehard, certainly in this space and on the PGA Tour, because this is the other guys of the tour. So there's nobody there that he's probably going to be scared of sleeping on the lead. The only thing that's going to make him nervy is he's just never been in this position. How do you think he sleeps tonight down in Mexico? I don't know him well enough to know his makeup. <laughs> um, look, I mean, maybe he comes yeah, in this okay. house money. I'll give you everything um, you need to know, Well, Ready for this? Yes. He was a bouncer before he was on the PGA Tour. Okay, he's a okay. big, he's a thick dude. And he said on average he would bounce at least two people a night. Oh. So this guy's kind of, you know, he's looking for a fight, looks like. Or break yeah, one up. Sounds like he's got that UFC mentality, brings it to the golf course. So <laughs> I don't know, like is there a bet to be made here? Is there, is there anything to bet? You know, here's the problem, and it's the same thing for Sammy uh, Valley Maki, who's in second. He's 5-1, to one, and again, he's four off the lead. So you say, well, why wouldn't I take a flyer on him? The problem there is, He's only three shots clear of the rest of the guys, like I talk about with the Norlanders and the Silvermans and the uh, the Kims of the world. If if they start to fall back, the, the most pedigreed player on this board is Bobby Tre is Bobby McIntyre. Bobby Tree's there. Uh, Robert McIntyre, the Scotsman, who's at 11 under par. He's eight off the lead. So if Knapp comes all the way back, who's to say that Sammy Matlivacki is going to be the guy that's going to be able to walk through the door? Because none of these guys have really been in position to win on the tour. And they know with all the other guys already down in Florida doing whatever they're getting ready to do for the Florida swing as we get ready for Augusta National, there's very little interest of those type of pedigree players. They know this is their best time to close the door and win one on tour. And I would have said, I would, you know, people would say, hey, that's crazy. But what, this time last week, Hideki Matsuyama was, what, 150 to 1 going into Sunday. How about and that? And he won it, and he won it by... Uh, a few strokes won it pretty comfortably. It's been a crazy year. Do you make anything? Is there anything to gain from all these crazy long shots coming home? The 300 to ones, the 700 to ones. It's really, I can't remember a run like this. I know in golf, you get some long numbers. Hey, 80 to 100 to one. 
But man, 300 to one, 700, this guy's coming out of nowhere. Is there anything to glean from it? I, I think what it is, is now with the live golf, it's really kind of taken away the next tier of player. So if the pedigreed players up there at the top, and last week at the Genesis Open, when you got that type of field, right? That was an elite PGA Tour field. And I think to your point, that's what made uh, what Hideki Matsuyama did last week even the more impressive. He lapped big-time players and left them in their wake. Will Zalatoris is obviously coming back off the back injury. He was supposed to play in this tournament this week and withdrew from it because th that's kind of what we're getting at here. This is not something where we got a great field out there if you're already an established star on the PGA Tour. And this gets back to the Live Golf tentacles of why they've switched a lot of these events. It's kind of like, all right, you littler guys, you go to Mexico and fight it out. You big boys Go ahead and get ready for the Honda Classic. Get ready for the Players' Championship. Get ready, obviously, for Augusta in April. We're seeing the haves and the have-nots, and that's why a lot of these have-nots recently in these weaker fields, you've been getting great numbers on them. I, while I love the trend, I think this might be the last week of that trend because once they start to come south and come to Florida and come to the East Coast Swing to gear up for Augusta, they're not going to be taking the breaks like we're seeing right now. You're not going to get another super long shot of 375 to 1 like I have on, on uh, Norlander this week to win the Mexico, Mexico Open. Those numbers just aren't going to be there anymore because you're going to get all those classy players back in these fields once they come east. So while it's been a phenomenon, really, in the, golf, in the early part of the golf season, I don't think it's got staying power. I think the time of these extreme long shots. I mean, Wyndham Clark, to get a number on Wyndham Clark at 80 to 1, showed you the type of field that they were playing in for the guy that won the U.S. Open a year ago. So these these incredible 200, 300s to 1 that we've seen get home, I just think this might be the end of those gravy train days. Yeah, and I'm sure the books love it when these two 300 to 1 guys come in because people might hear that and go, oh, man, that's terrible for the books. they got to pay a three, pay out a 300 to 1, except nobody plays. I mean, who's going to be betting the 300 to 1 guy, guys that nobody ever heard of? So uh, I'm sure, you know, talk to some of these bookmakers, Derek Stevens or whoever, like, man, maybe one person bet it, maybe nobody bet it, where they just imagine that you just take home all the handle. It's uh, it's nice to be a bookmaker, Dave. It's really nice to be a bookmaker. Yeah. Isn't it? I'm not going to break their bank. If Norlander gets the W here and somehow comes back from seven shots back, but I'm sure they're probably going, how in the hell did he get Norlander? Right. Like, wait, wait, where did you, cause your point is well taken. People aren't betting. People are probably betting Tony Fina. I remember he was like seven to one coming into this week. I mean, we, we normally don't bet seven to ones at Augusta, right? If it's Scotty Scheffler, but it just showed you how weak this field was for a guy like Tony Finau, who was in the winner's, winner's circle last year and two years ago, got run down by John Rahm. So it's like, you know, it, it did have some bigger names the last couple of years, but that lived affection and what's going on at that tour, I think really has weakened this field. By the way, do you, when do you start really looking at Augusta? I'm sure you've already got some names in, in mind. Do you start to weigh in what they do once they come east? That's when I really start to pay attention to guys in great form a month away. Yeah, I haven't bet anything yet. I was just going to ask you the same thing. If you've had it, if you've bet it yet, if you saw anything that's off again, it's like we we're just talking about with the NCAA tournament where you're close enough now where, you know, you're sort of getting in that range with the tournament. Hey, we're three weeks away from seeing the bracket. Might as well wait. I feel like you're close enough with the Masters. If it's a year out, six months out, I'm unless it's an egregious number, mm -hmm. I'm just not, not going to tie up my, my money like that. Do you, do you have like a similar philosophy in terms of that? I do. I'll tell you this quick story. I had and some other people here like Kelly Bidlin here at the network. We were on a guy named Brooks Kepka this time last year at 99 to 1. Oh, I remember that. 99 to 1, Will Hill, to win at Augusta. Got that ticket in February. Remember it very well. 
And yeah. again, that was because remember he was the documentary and the knee, and he's on Live Golf, never seen, never heard, we don't know. And I'm like, you're gonna give me a four-time major champion at that time, four-time major champion, 99 to one. Of course, he can't get it home with the lead on Sunday. Gets run down, ironically, by another live golfer now in John Rahm. And then goes on to win the next major the very next month. Ah! Those are Did the you things. hedge it all? No, I didn't. I just wrote it out. I rrote the storm out, and that storm rained hard on me that Sunday. And I guess if you remember, it was bad weather and it, the whole thing. I'll, I'll I never. I remember texting with Kelly where they posted a yes/no mark, and I think he cashed out and just got some of it. With Kelly's... those, with those real long tickets, man, I'm not looking to be a hero. But if I can cash out some of a 99 to one, just for peace of mind, that's just me. I know everyone's not like that. People say, "Hey, I bought the ticket. I'm, I, I don't hedge. I, mean, I respect that." But man, gotta get something out of that. No, Kelly's smarter than I am. When we come back, let's take a look at some action in the NBA on a Sunday. Come on back. We continue Sunday Bet Prep. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if the bonus bet, in bonus bets rather, if your first bet happens to lose. So download the app, use promo code VSIN when you sign up today. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown could be all yours. Back alongside Will Hill, I am Dave Ross. This is Sunday bet prep. You and I were having a discussion during the break, and you asked me you know, what team I root for. And, I, and you know, everybody's like, oh, we don't root teams because it's just about who cashes. Of course. But we were all fans before we ever gambled, I would assume, right? So long story short, Will, I grew up in the NBA uh, a Dr. J fan. I'm showing my age a little bit. So I love the Philadelphia 76ers. So like Fo Fa Fo, Moses Malone, when they won the championship, 83. That was a big deal for me as a kid. And then it just kind of, I don't know, it went away into the ether and it was more of a college basketball fan. And I started to root for Syracuse players that would go to the NBA. So like Ronnie Cycli when he was with uh, the Miami Heat, right? And then the Utah Jazz. Derek Coleman 
when he was a member of the Nets. Like, I love D.C. And uh, so I just started rooting for players. What about you? Were you a team guy or a players guy for the NBA? Uh, I was mad. The first NBA memory I have was Magic Johnson against Jordan and the Bulls. And wow. uh, I, I rooted for Magic. I rooted for the Lakers ever since. And like you said, when you start betting, the fandom goes away a little bit. Um, it's just part of it. It's part of getting older. It's just not as important to you so when it, you're a kid. But yeah, always been a Laker fan since I was a kid. So do you root for taxes if you like the Lakers? Like, I mean, root Look, for the my, Lakers. My teams, are, my teams are all over the map. Yankees, Lakers, and I paid my price with by rooting for the Vikings. So, oh, okay. Um, there's I, a, there's I, an I, acceptable. Yeah. Yankees, Lakers? Do you like Duke too? I don't. I don't. Jeez. Um, and I actually went a few years when I was a kid without, like, the Yankees hadn't made the playoffs for a while. I remember it was a big deal the first time they made the playoffs with Mattingly, that first at bat against Seattle or that first game against Seattle, he homered. It was probably my third or fourth year rooting for the Yankees. And, man, I, not only did I watch every game, I watched every pitch. It was a big deal when they made it. And uh, the Lakers didn't win until I was in high school. Once they started winning, they, they, they won a bunch. But So I went a little while with uh, without winning anything, and the Vikings, I'm, uh, I'm still waiting. You're still waiting. Look, as a long-suffering Cowboy fan, at least I'm old enough to have experienced my first sports memories. Uh, Roger Staubach is my forever hero. I saw you know a bunch of those titles, obviously the three in the 90s. But yeah, I'm a Met fan, so it's like it's it, we've got the ups and downs in our sports uh, sports teams. You're old enough to remember '86 or no? Oh my God, am I old enough to remember '86? It's the greatest sporting memory of my life. Okay, how old Ga- were you? Uh, I was uh, I was eight. No, I was in high school. It was my senior. Oh, wow. It was my senior year of high school. It doesn't get a whole lot better. Game six, for those that don't know, was on October 25th, 1986. My birthday is October 26th. And so when they came back in the most dramatic fashion, people, if you wrote a movie about it, they'd say it's fake. Two outs, two strikes, down two runs in the bottom of the 10th just to tie. And the Mets somehow scratch out three to force a game seven. Game six, game seven was rained out on my birthday. It would have been Dennis Oilcam Boyd taking to the bump for the Red Sox. Instead, it gets backed up a day. They switch it and go back to Bruce. Hurst, who had tied the Metropolitans up in knots in games one and four of that series. Game seven happens a day after my birthday. Will, the greatest time of my life when the Mets and won that World Series. They were down in that game, right, too? They were down like 3 nothing in the sixth inning in the game seven, right? Bam! Somebody knows his baseball history. That's exactly right. It was not easy. And then Daryl Strawberry, Ray Knight, they go nuts. I think with the I think the final was 9-4. Mets come all the way back uh, to win that game seven. But it was dicey for a bit down three runs early in that game seven as well. So long story short, don't bet with your head. Or don't bet with your heart. Bet with your head. Play the Mets under this year at 82 and a half. We'll talk <laughs> more about that later. But in the NBA, the Sixers were kind of my first love. I can't jump back on them now. I don't know what to make of them now with the Joel Embiid injury. They're going to take on Giannis and the Bucks and the great Doc Rivers. I don't know what to make in Milwaukee either. So are, are we... Do we actually believe that Embiid longer picture could come back this year? Or is this a dead team kind of like Sean Penn, a dead man walking? I think the latter. I think they're dead man walking unless they start to get him back soon. He's just had so many issues. I just I kind of have to see it to to believe it. Mm -hmm. He's just always either hurt in the playoffs, not 100 percent. You're going to have to get him back to where he's back. He's in shape. You're not going through the plane. I mean, even if you get him back and healthy, okay. Let's say they're a six or seven seed. Yeah, they're going to make somebody's life miserable as a two or a three seed. That's not a good draw. But, I mean, that's gonna you're going to have to go through the long way in terms of, hey, on the road, uh, play the Celtics, play the Knicks, play all the good teams just to get where you want to go. That's I, I just don't see it's 
as it being possible. And Bede's a big guy. He's had look, he stayed healthier, I think, than more than people thought he would coming in. Remember, he missed his first two years coming out of Kansas. It's like, man, is this guy ever going to get healthy? He's at least had a better career health-wise from a you know health standpoint than we probably expected at that point. But I, to answer your question, no, I just I don't see him coming back quick enough. And again, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But I just I get the <laughs> sense it would be hard for him to get back healthy, ready to go, good seating. I just feel like it's a tight squeeze. I feel like they're going to be careful with him, too. He's going to want to be careful. He's still young enough where he's got a long career ahead of him. He's not going to want to rush himself back. So uh, I, I'm not a believer of the Sixers team. I got to see it to believe it. Uh, long term, I wonder if we're buying into the Bucks. By the way, they're weighing four and a half on the road tomorrow in the city of Brotherly Shove against those Sixers. Are we, are, does defense matter? Like, that was all the talking points for this Bucks team, right? Can Doc Rivers shore that up, or do they even care? And they're just going to say, no, you know what? This is who we are. We're going to try to outscore everybody. I think the latter. I think maybe once they get to the playoffs and, hey, we get Middleton back, we get Giannis to lock in, we can really uh, just game plan in terms of uh, using our personnel better. But they just – they gave up so much for Lillard. They gave away a lot of their depth. They gave away a lot of the perimeter defense. They just they don't have a lot. Now, maybe Giannis has a different gear come playoff time, but uh, if I had to make a play on this game, that 230, that looks that looks like an over to me. I mean, mm-hmm. Milwaukee's just a dead over team. They, they score a lot, and they can't stop anyone. They just have so much trouble. They, they just have so much trouble guarding the, the, the point of attack, the point guards. Uh, Lillard's never been a good defensive player. As he starts to get older, he's getting even worse. I get the sense that Lillard and Giannis don't love each other. Again, oh. I'm just reading the tea leaves. I'm just getting that sense. I don't know. Somebody asked Dame about his top five players in the league. I don't think he included Giannis. I just get the sense. It's a, there's just something sketchy going on there. The way they fired the coach in the middle of the year, they're not defending. It just feels like something's going on there, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it'd be like if somebody asked you who your 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 top four people to do yes. shows with and you didn't put me yes. on the list. I might West take Reynolds, this. Lombardi, Stormy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what the hell? What am I, chopped liver? Right, that's exactly right. Like, Dame, don't you know the politics of it? you got to at least say Giannis's name so that Will Hill can't come on here and go, hey, what's going on there? Because I think you're right. Where there's some smoke, there's normally some fire. That's going to be an interesting team to watch in the second season. And if they flame out in the first round like they did last year, which feels like 10 years ago against Miami, oh, my goodness. Doc, the great Doc Rivers. Let's see if he can fix this thing. I mean, what are they going to do? Fire another coach? Though? I mean, they got rid of Budenholzer. Then they brought, they fired his replacement. I mean, eventually, I mean, eventually, you run out of moves. I don't know what the next move would be. It's such. We a... know it won't be Doc's fault, though. We know that. Oh, much. it's never, it's never Doc's know, fault. I mean, it's everybody else's fault. He knew this and he knew that. Uh, you know, I had nothing to do with that when we lost. It's amazing. I, mean, I told to them to off. hire me at the All Star break. What you wanted oh, to tell them so when strange. to fire the other? Co- it's unbelievable uh, the he stuff got he's saying. So much money too. He's like, man, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. You don't understand what I'm going through. We have to play games on the road. It's I'm like, the victim. Oh Doc goodness, Rivers is the victim. Unreal. Yeah, nobody's is. nobody's crying for your Lakers. They're going to get four tomorrow in the Valley of the Sun against Phoenix. The Lakers, though, to me, I, I don't know. Again, I mean, obviously, they got to get into the postseason first. And then if they get in, we saw what they did last year. They did have two favorable matchups, as it turned out, in the postseason before they got steamrolled by Denver. What do you make of them in the short term tomorrow, catching the four? And what do you make of your Lakers long term? I would lean Suns. I talked about this the other day. I like Lakers to miss the playoffs. I think oh. it, was, it was minus 120 on Thursday, like minus 150, minus 160 on Friday. Did you get a win Friday against the Suns? Maybe that ticks up, ticks down a little bit. I just don't think they're getting out of the 10. Their schedule's very hard. They're only a game or so ahead of the Warriors, and they're not catching Phoenix. They're not catching Sacramento. Being down three, four games doesn't sound like a lot. This time of the year, that's a lot of games to yep. catch up. 
And the Lakers have one of the, I think the eighth toughest schedule the rest of the way. So they're probably going to be the 10. I think the plan gets lumped together like, oh, you know, they're going to be in the play and that team's going to be in the play. And there's a big difference between seven and eight where only have to win one game and then nine and 10, especially if you're the 10 and you got to win two road games just to survive. And let's say those two road games are at Golden State, then at Phoenix. That's a two team parlay where, hey, if I'm getting minus 150, they don't make it. I, I feel good about it. So I think the Lakers are going to miss. And the scary thing for them LeBron and Davis have been healthy. Usually they're mm-hmm. right around the play-in, right around 500, but one of them has missed 20, 30 games. That's not the case. They've both been healthy. Uh, the other team that's interesting in this is Phoenix because when you trade that much stuff for Durant at that age, you're right away. Boom, we're in win-now mode. We need to win the title. They lost last year in the second round, and they're another team that's in the play-in. Like, you give up that much stuff, three, four first-round picks, bridges. Uh, if you don't win the title, it's a major failure. It's at the point, I, I don't think they're winning a title with this group. It is fascinating because you're right. There's no injuries to blame this on. This is just who they are at this stage of the season. So, you know, last year, Sacramento was all the rave and and they've kind of slipped back a little bit. It is amazing to see that pecking order towards 10 in the West. We see Golden State, the Lakers, Phoenix, Sacramento. What a difference a year makes. That is for sure. Let's continue the NBA conversation at the top of the hour with one of the best that we have right here at Beeson. Jonathan Von Tobel will discuss more second half NBA when you come back with us here on Sunday Bet Prep. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.